Rich and Mike Show, Flagler County's hometown sports show. Here are your hosts, Rich Carroll and Mike Licio. Yes, it's another episode of the Rich and Mike Sports Show. Good Saturday morning, Flagler County. And a good Saturday morning to you, Mike Licio. Hello, Flagler County. Oh, man, what a week it was for sports on the WNZF Sports Network here in Flagler County. Man, man, a lot of things going on locally. We started coverage, our coverage of basketball this week, Mike. FPC has a new coach, uh, and a team in the area is going to the big state championship. A lot to talk about here today. Two teams in the area, as it were. <laughs> That's right. One to the north and one to the south, and they're, co- they're colliding west for some reason. <laughs> yeah, we'll hear from one of the coaches who pointed that out. I would like to think that if we take him up on a suggestion, and we'll get to that later in the program, I would think that you and I are the people who can make that happen, Rich. Oh, yeah. I, I'm all about it. We make things happen, Mike. That's what the show is all about. And, uh, yeah, we'll get to the basketball coverage and the football. Everybody wants to hear about that. But there are other things going on here locally, right? Yeah, and one of them is football, the other kind of football, football. And all four Flagler County teams are off to hot starts. The FPC boys have won three in a row. They've actually not given up a goal in any of those three. They beat Crescent City on Thursday night. Jace Zecca had two goals. Matthew Mercadal had one. And, (laughs) And they have a big game coming up Tuesday against Matanthas who also had a big win against Seabreeze tonight, last night. So a lot of things going on on the boys' side. On the girls' side, Matanzas struggled with the alma mater. On the other hand, FPC had a big win against their rival, Spruce Creek. Um, Naomi Cordero and, and Savannah O'Grady, Naomi from Matanzas, Savannah O'Grady from FPC are tied with the county lead with 12 goals this season. The Matanzas girls' basketball team got their first win of the season Fifty-three thirty over University this week, and so it's a lot going on in Flagler County. Besides that, FPC weightlifting, girls weightlifting is in full swing. As are the Matanzas girls. Wrestling is getting ready to start. It's an excuse me. It's an exciting time in Flagler County. Oh yeah, definitely a very exciting time, and an exciting time for the WNZF Sports Network. We started. 2023 with some baseball coverage the first games that we were able to stream on our Flagler Radio YouTube page which led to the playoff game that we had on the radio and on uh, on our WNZF YouTube channel and that was a playoff game between FPC and Lake Mary right Mike remember that yes although I would say that some of the FPC fans out there probably don't want to. That's true, but uh, you know, it, it was it was great to cover them and Matanzas baseball, right? We had that going on, and that led to the football was which was fantastic, of course, and we followed Matanzas over to Tallahassee for their playoff matchup with Lincoln, and now we're trying our hand with basketball, and we had the inaugural broadcast on Wednesday, FPC and Palaka. We got out there, and I think it was a, a pretty big success. We had a lot of fun. They set up great. They set us up great, like on a balcony up in the rafters, right, Mike? That's where we were. Uh, we were filming, and and, and uh, we had the call from, and it was a very entertaining game. And 
We're looking forward to doing more games this season. But uh, before we get to any of that, FPC did start the season by hiring a high-profile head coach who's coming in here to you know, make a difference, turn this program around. They were 7-18 and 18 last year, so trying to bring some basketball success to the school. And there was a high-profile hire before the season started, Mike, and you had a chance to talk to that coach. Yes, Mike Talley, you might remember him. Um, you might have heard of some of the people he played with in college, a group called the Fab Five. I don't know if you've heard of them or not, Rich. No, maybe like two of them. I know Chris Weber. <laughs> but Mike Rose. Talley was – he started on that Michigan team the year before the Fab Five got there, and and after that as well, he played professional ball in Germany. He coached quite successfully in Michigan. And then serendipity, fate, whatever you want to call it, brought him to Palm Coast and brought him to FPC. And it was a chance this week for me to catch up with him and talk about that journey. I'm here with FPC basketball coach Michael Talley. Coach, let's start at the beginning. How did you end up in Palm Coast from Michigan? Uh, well, actually, I was just trying to find a place where it was warmer than Michigan. You know, it's pretty cold there. And uh, my first visit was actually to Palm Coast, and, and I kind of fell in love with the community and, and the people in the community. So I decided to uh, to stay here and uh, look for opportunities to coach. So were you? So you you were just looking for a place. You weren't necessarily looking. Um, for a coaching position, it, it just you know the timing ended up working out that you know FPC needed a basketball coach, and you you had quite a bit of experience in that field. Absolutely, yeah, it, it wasn't uh, something like I, I came to uh, Palm Coast to coach basketball. It was a place to live first, and then uh, fortunately it uh, it was an opening, you know, 15 minutes away from from where I live, and I said, hey, you know, this this works out, and. You know, I'm a praying man, so I was kind of praying for an opportunity like that to be able to coach close to home and uh, an opportunity that was open at uh, FPC, and it it just worked out, and I I really enjoyed the opportunity. You're a basketball lifer. You know, you're an accomplished player. You played professionally. You've you've had some great um, accomplishments as a coach as well. What has kept you in the game all these years? Well, just the love of the game. You know, it's a big difference between, uh, you know, love the game and being in love with the game. I've been playing basketball, um, you know, ever since the sixth grade. And I wanted to get into coaching because my high school coach was a really good high school coach where I had the opportunity to uh, win three three consecutive state championships and then also blessed to be able to be selected for Mr. Basketball uh, my senior year. So, after that, I said, you know, my way to giving back to the kids was to uh, pour into them and also learn how to be a really good coach, as my uh, high school coach was to me. And you had a lot of success as a head coach in Michigan. What's been the biggest adjustment to coaching in Florida? Uh, the biggest adjustment is one is just the, uh, you know, some of the rules are a little different. Um, you know, where I came from, it was a little uh different as far as the community was as far as the kids you know we had uh worked with a lot of at-risk kids and um getting some of those guys uh into into colleges and things of that nature so 
it's really not a real big difference, but it's just the the mentality. You know, we have to. I come like you said, coming from a, a winning um, tradition and uh, background. You know, uh, last year at FPC, we didn't win many games, so I love to uh, to build programs, and I have all my career, and I'm enjoying um, uh, rebuilding our basketball program here. Uh, have a great group of kids. They're uh, tough kids, smart kids, and now we just have to figure out um, how to how to win games uh, on a consistent basis. What's the first thing you? What's the first change you feel you have to make when you take over a program to change the culture? Well, the first thing I, I mentioned to the young guys, and I, I, I mentioned to them often, even last night at our game that we had, is to trust. You know, you have to trust in, in my ability as a coach and. I have to trust in your ability to to want to learn and and be able to compete because uh, you know you can't win basketball games if you don't know how to compete first of all and then uh, not just compete you know be able to trust you know the coaches that you have on your staff the buy-in is what is what I usually use as one of the terms is you know you know the buy-in system and once you uh, buy into the system it's pretty much you know, it works itself out from there. You know, it's a learning process. You know, like last night's game, you know, to be tied at halftime with a team like that and then kind of lead most of the game and then uh, don't finish, you know, and that's just experience. You know, you have to know how, how to finish basketball games. And, and that's something we talked about last night in the locker room. You know, we have to find ways to finish. You know, we, we let them go on a 16-0 run late in the second uh, second half of our game, and and that's something you can't do if you wanna if you wanna win basketball games. You got to be a little more consistent on the defensive end, and also making shots. You know, we missed a lot of open shots yesterday that could have turned the uh, results a little different. Do you feel like that's more of a mental thing, just you know, changing the mentality in the program, or is that more of a a, a training thing? Well, I think it's more of a training thing. I think we, we probably would have been. Uh, a better team this year if I would have had a summer, you know, because in the summertime I play anywhere from, you know, 30, 40 games in the summer, which that's when you really develop, you know, your your style of play and how to win when you, you're playing with that group of guys. And you're having a lot of individual workouts, you know, that that's all a part of development when you have your kids in the summer and you can schedule some, some time to uh, work on weaknesses, and as you work on your weaknesses, you know, you develop a culture um, with your team. And then, you know, you win those games because you've been through them, you know. And sometimes uh, experience is everything. you have any, you know, first year, you know, you took over in late summer, basically early fall of the program. What are your goals for the team for this year? Um, to win one game at a time. I mean, you know, again, we're, we're learning on the fly. Um, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with where we are right now. We're one and two, but if we look at the losses that we had, they were only, you know, small digit numbers. They weren't blowout games. They weren't 20 point losses or 30 point losses. So I see some, some uh, progress. And, uh, I think these are, these are the type of games are going to pay off later in the season. All right. There he is. Coach Tally. Great interview, Mike. And, uh, a lot of things there, and, and one of the things I, I really find interesting is this idea of culture and changing the culture of a program. And I think culture, the idea of it, 
can be directly tied to winning, right? You want to have a winning culture. And part of that is actually learning how to win because teams can have loads of talent, but you actually, I do believe that. I do believe you have to learn how to win. And that's what the coach said. In essence, he said, I do think it's a training thing. And once you're, you're able to learn how to win, that changes the culture and so far, two and two, they did win the game that we covered against Palaka earlier in the week, and they did look good in that game as well. They do have talent on that team, and I just I think he's the right guy, Mike, to come in here and, and turn this program around. They are a gritty team, and they were last year. You know, last year wasn't so much a talent thing, in my opinion. You know, as you saw on Thursday night, they're a little undersized, and that was a problem at times. I think a pro- another problem, and you know, is that under the previous regime, sometimes I think you know you want to push your team and you want to, you know, work them hard. But sometimes you overwork them. You know, they would have pra- they would have a game on a they have a practice the morning of a back to back, so mm. they'd play a game on a Tuesday night and then have a ninety minute practice that morning and then play another game that night. You know, and so sometimes I think they were just you know there was over conditioning of the team sometimes I think. And, you know, I think that what tally brings in is a lot of balance and you see, they play a up tempo system. They want to press when they can, they want to push the ball up the court. He, he preaches playing, playing the game fast. And there's a way to do that without, um, you know, running your team ragged. And I think he's going to find that balance. He's had a lot of success. You know, I think we're very lucky to have him in Flagler County. And I think we've got the buildings of something special in the basketball community in Flagler County. And I think it's been a long time, if ever, since we could say that. Yeah, and and as you mentioned, I I definitely don't think talent is going to be an issue this year. It's going to be a matter of of learning these lessons and learning how to win. You know, we saw it firsthand, as you mentioned, Thursday night. That game, by the way, if you did not see it, FPC Palaka, you can watch it right now on the Flagler Radio YouTube channel. Go check it out. But but it was the first time I was introduced to this roster watching FPC basketball. And I was impressed with guys like Nate Sean Royal, you know, and, and Clark. He was impressive. Corinthians Watson, who we know from the football team, he seems like a hard-nosed player that gets in there, gets rebounds, takes offensive fouls, you know. Uh, I, I liked Rodriguez at the point guard. I like Lang. You know, all of these guys, I think, are, are really talented and can compete on the basketball court. And we saw that. I look up and down the roster here, and I'm seeing guys that, that really – it was a team effort that night for sure. It seemed like everybody uh, contributed. Ronowski contributed, Mahler. Uh, everybody had their hand in that victory on Thursday night. And I'm looking forward to watching them this year and – and we do have a tentative schedule. We call it the game of the week, but I don't want to necessarily be married to doing one game a week. We'll play it week by week and see what games we can actually do. But uh, the the goal is to at least do one game a week throughout the season. This week coming up on December 7th, that's going to be Thursday night again. We got New Smyrna Beach, the Barracudas at FPC. So uh, we're going to be there for that one for sure. And going forward, we're going to cover Matanzas as well. The following week, we got Father Lopez coming to town over to the ship, and we're going to check out the Matanzas boys basketball team for the first time, and that's going to be on December 11th. So we'll be following the basketball. You can watch the games on the Flagler Radio YouTube channel. 
Listen to Mike's sports report. He'll let you know what's going on every Monday and Friday from 6 to 9 on uh, Flagler's Morning News here on WNZF. We'll be covering it. There's not going to be better basketball coverage in town. Uh, believe me on that. You know, you talked about FPC and the depth of the team. Uh, you know, Samonte Curry is one of the better players on the team, and he was in foul trouble most of the night. And you saw the rest of the team step up and, and fill those roles. Eight different players scored in that game, so it was a balanced scoring attack. And Jameer Clark talked about how he had 27 in the loss to Lake Mary, and then on Thursday night took a different approach to try and get everybody else involved. And it seems to pay off for him. Yeah. Now you will be there. Th- you'll be there Thursday. Okay. I won't, Rich. That's right. Oh no, I, I might have to do the. Well, actually, I will have to because we were there last night together. You hear Mike all the time on the sports reports talking about the alma mater, St. Augustine High School, and they, of course, were an impressive football team this year undefeated record and you've been there every step of the way once the playoffs began Mike and and of course the season here in Flagler County ended in Tallahassee you're heading back to Tallahassee to maybe see all the glory uh, to see an undefeated season completed by your St. Augustine Yellow Jackets against uh, another familiar uh, another familiar sports figure here in Flagler County Travis Rowland and his mainland Buccaneers. So, man, what a matchup, first of all. And second of all, uh, I was there for most of these games as well, and that is one impressive football team, those St. Augustine Yellow Jackets. Couldn't be more proud of my friend Brian Braddock. I've been friends with Coach Braddock, the head coach of St. Augustine, since 1993. We graduated together, the St. Augustine High School class of 1999, the greatest class in St. Augustine High history. I got to break in with some breaking news related to that game. As we're on the air right now, it has been announced that that game between St. Augustine and Mainland will be played at 3 p.m. at Bragg Memorial Stadium, which is the home of Florida A&M University. But there was three different time slots. St. Augustine is getting the 3 o'clock time slot on Thursday. So I'm kind of relieved about that because I was worried about the 10 o'clock game when me and I'd have to get up at like 5 a.m. The 8 o'clock game would mean I'm not getting home till 2 or 3 in the morning. So the 3 o'clock game works out for me. It'll also be the warmest part of a cold day. And it's an exciting time for St. Augustine. It's an exciting time for Mainland. You know, both coaches took over for coaches who had accomplished a lot. You know, Brian Braddock took over for Joey Wiles at St. Augustine, who won a state championship in 199 games. Travis Rowland took over a Mainland program that hasn't missed the playoffs since 1993. And... You know, the expectation around the community is state championship or bust most years. And Mainland was within 90 seconds of winning last year and fell just short to Lake Wales. And, you know, it's hard to get back. And they managed to do that. So it's going to be an exciting matchup. You know, I caught up with, uh, you know, the great thing about St. Augustine, you talk about a, a great team. They're great on both sides of the ball. They have a really good defense, but the offense, the receiving core, they have four receivers, Miles Simmons, Carl Jenkins, Samari and Wingo, former Gamble Rogers, Stingray great, Trenton Jones, who I announced his games in middle school, and a quarterback in Wake Forest commit, Lachlan Hewlett, that gets the ball to those guys. They've got a bruiser and running back, Bam Lyons, and they really come at you from all angles, and that's what's going to be interesting to see. And 
each week it seems like a different receiver takes turns being the guy because they have so many receivers that they create matchup issues. And last night it was Miles Simmons who had over 100 yards receiving. Miles, you guys are headed to the state championship. Does it seem real? Nah, it seems fake, but it is real. We put in the work and dream come true. This is why you put in all those hours here to become a champion. You have a chance to do that. What's going through your mind right now? I mean, I can't really find nothing to say, but it's just a blessing. I mean, we worked so hard since spring, putting in the grind. Uh, we knew where we were going to be, and we just did it. Came out, everybody expected us to do this, and we're doing it. Tonight, it seems like every game this year, it's a different receiver's turn. You know, every night, you know, you all have stepped up the entire year, but different nights are for different receivers. Tonight, it was your turn. How did it feel to be such a critical part of the win? I mean, it feels great. I mean, we, like I said, we put in the work. I mean, like you said, every receiver can do something, so it, it just depends on whose night it is, and I guess it was my night, CJ night. Actually, it was all of our night. Uh, we went out there, dominated, and we just did what we did. What's the next week going to be like? Same result, W. We're trying to get that ring. Haven't been a ring since 2005. They're expecting us to get it, and we're going to try to get it. As a matter of fact, we are going to get it. Whoa, there's, that's a prediction, Mike. That was a. I don't know if anybody's going to make a big deal out of that, but that was a prediction there. And uh, you know how predictions go. They can go the way of Joe Namath, or they can go the way of Patrick Ewing. <laughs> oh, I have never watched a minute of that replay of the 1994 final, so I'm not going to do it again. But one of the people who gave me a lot of crap when that Knicks team lost was my good friend Brian Braddock, and I got to talk to him about taking St. Augustine to their first state championship since 2007. Coach, I'm going to take you back to 1995. First time you stepped on that field over there. Could you have ever imagined being in a moment like this? <laughs> no. Um, in 1995, I played on an 0-6 freshman team. Um, so, no, I would have never imagined that this would be going on right now. Seemed like from the beginning of the year, this was a special year. You guys played a tough schedule throughout and met every challenge, and you had one more challenge tonight. Dunbar kind of played, plays kind of an ugly game of football. You know, they try to muck it up. They try to make it very difficult. How was your team able to rise above that tonight? Just kept playing, and um, we certainly we certainly had prettier games, um, but we knew that that's the style they play. They, they muck it up, like you said, and they try to, try to put themselves in position to make a great play late, and unfortunately we were able to just keep on keeping on and, you know, distance it out there in the second half. They were able to move the ball, but your defense held strong every time they got downfield. Talk about your red zone defense tonight. Yeah, it was, it was a, a weird night um, from that respect. Um, it was strange. You know, we, we had a hard time between the 30s um, stopping them, you know, and they converted a lot of third downs, and, but I guess when it, when it, when it mattered most and we, we got, you know, down into the red zone or inside our 30, we were able to kind of bow up and find a way to stop them. So I'm just proud of our kids. Um, you know, it, at this point, it, it didn't look pretty, of course, but that doesn't really matter. Um, you know, we're one of the last two left in our class, and, and to get the job done is, is a job well done at this point. Well, Dunbar will tell you that three ugly wins got him to the same place you were sure. tonight. So, you know, your offense, you know, was kind of hot and cold tonight, but really made plays when they needed to. Devontae Lyons, again, finishing games like he always does. Yeah, no, I, I just, no, we're so gifted on offense that um, if we just keep playing, we'll make some big plays. And, um, you know, that happened tonight. And Bam's just so tough, and he just keeps turning and running. And, um, you know, it, um, 
you know, we, we just got to keep playing. If we just keep playing, even when things are ugly or things don't look so great, um, a lot of times we, we seem to find an answer and good things happen. What are the next 24 hours going to be like? Well, um, sounds like it's mainland. So reach out to my buddy Travis Rowland and we'll, we'll trade film. And then we're both going to jump on buses on Thursday and drive three hours west. Instead of, instead of, we should probably just meet in Palm Coast. And, I'm uh, for it. I'm for it. <laughs> and uh, and it should be a, should be a great game. They've got a great team. He does a great job, and we'll have our we'll have our hands full. But we're excited to to get to compete in it. Oh man, extremely exciting! And yeah, he mentioned he has a a very talented offense. And I got to tell you, all the years that I've been covering high school football here in Flagler County and the, the the many teams that we've seen, this has to be the most talented offense I've ever seen on a high school football field down here in Florida. And that doesn't surprise me myself saying that because they're undefeated on the verge of winning a state championship. And we'll see if that happens, but just, man, they passed the eye test. They, it's almost, they almost look like a pro style offense at time with all the talent they have at wide receiver. And then you got to give, give the kid uh, Lachlan Hewlett, the the quarterback, you got to give him credit, man. I mean, he's a gunslinger. You've seen him through this playoff run. You've seen him make some mistakes here and there, but they're just so talented. It doesn't affect them. He throws a bad pick, you know, turns the ball over. They'll score two touchdowns on the next two drives. He'll hit a a 45-yard touchdown pass here. One of the great receivers will make a play over here. You know, uh, Bam Lions will will have a 30-yard run up the middle over here. They're just talented in every aspect of of the offensive game possible and their defense is no slouch either right those guys play as well you saw them dominate that game against Dunbar uh, last night so uh, they are as complete a team I have seen maybe some of the mainland teams over the years I can compare them to at least from my own frame of reference my my perspective, uh, there were a few mainland teams that I could look at and say maybe they were as talented as this team, but, man, these guys, they can play offense as good as anybody as I've ever seen at this level. And we talked about Miles Simmons, but you know what? Miles Simmons had a big game. Trenton Jones had a 75-yard catch to set up a touchdown. Carl Jenkins had a 66-yard touchdown catch. Carl Jenkins, the junior wide receiver, in my opinion, the most underrated receiver in the state. But guess what? They're going against Mainland, and Travis Rowland is a defensive guy from his days in Bethune-Cookman. He was a defensive coordinator there. He's calling the plays on offense this year, but that defense they have, they have some some real – they have some dogs on that defense. And unfortunately, one of those players is L.J. McCray, who decided not to be a dog, but instead a Gator. Not a big fan when good football players decide to go to Florida, but L.J. McCray – I know, I know. Their defensive line is combined for 42 sacks for Mo McCullough, LJ McRae, who I always say he's only a five-star because they don't give six. Dennis King III has nine sacks. Christian Hudson has nine sacks. They have the former FPC Bulldog, R.J. Hill at linebacker. Isaiah Shine is one of the top-rated corners in the country. On the other side, Eli Gilliard, the former FPC Bulldog, so they're going to throw a tough defense at St. Augustine. It's going to be very interesting to see how this high-powered offense matches up against this this once-in-a-lifetime defense. Would you say that uh, with the teams that they've played here uh, in this playoff run to get to this point, is Mainland going to be the best defense they've faced so far? Without question, they will be. And I think that it's going to come down to 
which of the two, which of the lesser units, I say lesser because the offense is key. The defense is good for St. Augustine. The offense is great. And I feel the same way about mainland. The defense is great. The offense is good. And they're led by DJ Murray, you know, the former FPC Bulldog who has over a thousand yards passing, 600 yards rushing. Kamani Robinson, the running back, he had another touchdown tonight. But they are actually not your father's, your brother's mainland team. They are a run heavy team and they're going to try and play defense and play smart football. And DJ Murray does that. You and I have seen it for the last three years. So I'm looking forward to this game. I will not make a prediction. I'm good <laughs> friends with Travis Rowland. I've been friends with Brian Braddock for 30 years. I love both of them dearly. I got to know both their families. There's no way in hell you're getting a prediction out of Mike, me. we're in the business of predictions. What are you doing to me here, man? <laughs> Can't do it. Rich, make a prediction. How do you feel? Uh, well, it's hard for me because I haven't seen Mainland play this year. I, I've seen St. Augustine the past three weeks, and I think they're incredible. Uh, like I said, I think they're the best high school team I've seen all my years doing the broadcasts here on WNZF. Uh, so it, it would be hard for me to make a prediction not having seen Mainland play at all this year. But I'll tell you what, if anybody's going to gonna beat St. Augustine they're going to be really, really good because that's one of the best teams I have ever seen. You got 20 seconds, Mike. Any last words on your uh, on your team before you head on that journey to Tallahassee on Thursday? Hail to thee, St. Augustine High School. It's maroon and gold. I won't sing the alma mater, but that's the opening <laughs> lyric. Go Yellow Jackets Wednesday. Thursday, Thursday. Sorry, Thursday at 3. Thursday at 3, Mike Licio will be there. This one time, Mike, I'll root for the Yellow Jackets. I hope you guys take it home. Flagler County, you have yourself a great weekend. And check out the game FPC on Thursday on the WNZF Sports Network. Have a great weekend, Flagler County.